Uh, a very good morning and welcome to Arcadian Podcast number 15. Delighted to have you on board as always and welcome to. Um, as always, we have Philip and Christian on board. So say good morning, guys. Morning. Good morning. Great to have you on board as always. So uh, we're going to take a, tidy, a slightly different sort of spin this week. Okay, so we're going to be focusing and talking about the betting industry as a whole. Um, love to get your opinions on this and thoughts on this, guys. So let me just delve straight in. Uh, to some of the questions that we've got and then we can go from there. So the betting industry has obviously changed a lot over the last few years. So just give me your opinion on the pivot from the sort of one-man bands and shops to sort of online and what's going to be beyond that. Yeah, so I think we should start with the one-man band because sometimes it's not a one-man band. It's kind of a family business or um, some friends getting together and doing, you know, a betting shop. However, you can kind of trace this stuff back hundreds of years. I mean, if you look at popular culture now, you have things like the Peaky Blinders, right? Um, they have their own, like, betting shop game. Oh, yeah. And crime <laughs> and illegal arts and stuff like that. So back in the day, it, you know, it was kind of really shady. Um, yeah. Nowadays, you know, one-man bands are really popular kind of in the 70s and the 80s before the internet arrived. Um, people used to have like local shops they would go to, you know, even in the, you know, the arse end of nowhere, we should say. Mm-hmm. And there would be like a shop and that shop services the old village for like, you know, betting and thing, things like that. Yeah. And then it kind of evolved into telephone betting. And people would ring like a specific telephone person. And then it evolved with people doing the internet with that. And then you started, you know, chain shops. And then you start with good old internet betting. However, the one-man band is doesn't really exist that much anymore. But it does at certain places. So if we look at racing courses for horse racing and dog tracks, the one-man band or the family businesses are there. And I love to go to these guys and bet with them because it feels like you're having that old school punter versus kind of, you know, booker uh, vibe yeah. because you look for the best odds, you know, which which one of these stands has got the best odds. Okay, this one's got eight to one. Yeah, I'm going to this guy, you know, five run, whatever to win at eight to one. You win, you come back to me, it's like, oh yeah, mate, come on, give me my 45 quid. See you yeah. later and you walk off. And it's that kind of face-to-face interaction and mm. it's really nice. And it gets you more into the atmosphere of, of the course or the race or, you know, your day out or, or whatever. But I think now with the way the shops are declining so much, especially in the UK, Christian will probably give you a, a bit of a Swedish opinion. Um, I don't think they're going to be around for, for much longer because the customer base is, is quite old compared to you know the younger the younger generation that are coming through. And a young person wouldn't necessarily go into a shop when you can bet online. Um, it was slightly different for me because I was 18, 10 years ago and it was like a rite of passage to go to a betting shop and put your first bet on, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've been betting longer than that, but that's okay for you. Um, <laughs> but for, for, for this kind of thing, I think internet is going to take over even more than it is online. Um, shops will decline even further. I think shops are going to disappear. I think a lot of companies just have them for brand reputation alone. Yeah. Um, and we're going to see like a real next level evolution to online because the US at the moment, it's very illegal to be a bookie in the US, right? Um, but now the online is getting regulated. Um, you know, only certain places in the US were you able to put bets on like Vegas or, or things yeah. of that nature. But now with the regulations coming through, betting companies are establishing themselves online in the US. So you're going to see an explosion in the US of online betting. And it's the same for the UK. You know, the shops are massively declining since some regulations came in, which took machines um, for casino games out of shops. 
and I think we're just going to see a natural progression, as I said. And Christian, you can give a kind of a Swedish opinion on it. Mine's a bit too English, probably. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, it's a very different uh, view in Sweden on the betting shops. So growing up, you know, um, the betting shops were very popular. Everybody went there, you know, it's a was a big thing. You know, we normally went with the family. Um, we sat there, they had uh, system bets. Um, you played with your friends and it was more of a, a community feeling. Well, then internet came along. Many of these shops suffered. Um, now they've turned into a bit of a magazine shop at the same time. So they sell, you know, the, the normal, um, you know, your magazines at the same time, just to, to actually get that extra and scratch cards, etc. Um, but they're going, they're disappearing more and more because people are, first of all, afraid of going out and meeting too many people. And then you have the on the rise of online betting where the odds are the same. And Sweden traditionally has always, the betting shops have always been controlled by the monopoly and they still are. So you can, for example, go into, you know, your local bookie shop. It is the monopoly shop, uh, more or less. So Svenska right. Spel. Yeah. So it's a very different type of landscape in Sweden compared to, say, the UK uh, when it comes to shops. And is that in Sweden? You know, Christian, very much like the sort of community feel. Do you know what I mean? If you're saying you're going in, you're getting your scratch cards, you're getting your magazines. Do do people? And again, what to to, to what Philip was saying? You know, it's more of a different generational shift more than anything. You know what I mean? Are people still going in, reading magazines, doing a bet, and sitting there waiting for the you know waiting for the results and all that sort of stuff? Is that dying out to some extent as well in both both cities? I would say, unfortunately, yes. It, it's as Philip said, the, the generational shift, the, the yeah. millennials and the younger people, they don't tend to spend that much time in the shops. They go online on their phone and they may want to make it quick and easy um, instead of, of going here and, you know, having a bit of an experience, having a coffee with your friends. Um, it's not the tra traditional, you know, you sit down and have coffee, but many of them have a small cafe now and it's normally a, a Saturday thing. You go, you go, you put your bet on the horses. You know, uh, and have a little conversation. You get some tips from from one of the, the you know superstars there, yeah. etc. So, but it's all different from where you come from in Sweden as well. Like every town and city has their own type of is, um, culture. There's yeah. a documentary that was on in the UK, and it was on in 1997-1998, and it was I think it was from Channel Four, and they basically gave this guy Jonathan Randall. Um, I think it was £12,000, um, something like that. And he basically, and £12,000, you know, in the 90s is a lot of money. And they basically said to him, yeah. go and gamble, go and gamble in the UK, go and gamble in the US, go and gamble in Australia. We want to see what it's like to be a gambler at the bookies, at the casinos and everything. And he actually had a really famous book as well after it. And I encourage people to watch that experience because you can see what gambling is actually like as a as a better. Because he would go to the you know bet on horse in the UK and you know he'd win or lose. And at one point to make a winning bet in the UK, he was ringing one of those um, hotlines to listen to the horse race, and it was costing him like fifty p a minute, which is insane. And he's just there putting all the money into the uh, the good old counter um, from the old phone box. Yeah. And then interestingly enough, speaking about community, this is why I brought it up. He goes to Australia. And he does go to a race course in Australia and, um, you know, the casinos and blah, blah, blah. But this is like, this is when gambling started to take off a bit more online and like it's in that phase. So it's good to just kind of see that that bridge. But what he did was he went to like a local community event. And apparently it was at the time, I'm not too sure it's to the case this day. The people in Australia could gather in a crowd and they could gamble on one up or two up, I think it's called. And basically what it is, is people get in the crowd and a guy can flip a coin in the air. 
and you basically everyone in the crowd can exchange bets against each other to see who wins. So I can bet, oh, it's going to land on heads twice in a row. He'll bet, no, it's going to land on you know tails twice in a row, and mm. you can take his money. And apparently that's legal, and you all get around and drink and things like that. So it was right. a really interesting thing to see, and you can see the community in, in that um, within Australia. And it reminds me of a game we used to play when I was in high school called Tens. And what we used to do was, this is, this is what kids do, right? And I'm not too sure they still do it now, but we used to get 10 piece and just throw them at a wall. And the closest to touch the wall with a 10p would win. <laughs> and you oh, have like, okay. loads of people doing it. So you can actually make a, a lot of money. And when I was a kid, you didn't think that was gambling, but it was. And that was, but that was like a community game as well between, between children. So I, I think in certain parts of gambling, as Christian mentioned, the community is such a big thing. And that's why I don't think land-based gambling will ever go away because people enjoy no. that kind of betting thing together. But I do think it's going to step on more online because you can still bet together online. You can say, oh, I'm going to bet on this football match, this result. And you make can be like, oh, no, I'm going to bet against that because I think this. So I don't think the community is going to get lost. I think we're just going to see it more naturally online. Yeah, to, because to, 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 Sorry, go to add to Philip here with Australia, my time in Australia, when I, I spent uh, a few years uh, living in Australia and working in, um, in different uh, industries and the community down there with, with the clubs or the pubs um they have the younger generation they actually come together there to play mm. together to socialize you know to have some pool um put a bet on the horses they even have kino at certain places or on the soccer or the football how you want to, to say it and so i think it's different countries it's a different mm. um different um so to say societies as well because uh, some societies, you know, they have they're more friendly and want to come together. Where we uh, northerners uh, tend to stay in our house, uh, especially now when it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Because it's funny. Because I was going to lead on, sort of saying, how does that transformation from the sort of that community feel, you know, of going down with mates, betting on, you know, as you said, Christian as well, you know, even in Sweden, that you know, you know, you go down on a Saturday and all that sort of stuff. How does that element? You know, I know we touched on it briefly there, but how does that potentially going online and moving to purely online affect gambling as a whole? From my point of view, I think gambling will still provide, uh, continue on. Um, going online, it, it's, it takes that, um, uh, that aspect of the personal feeling of meeting people and the community feeling out, uh, which is a bit sad because people are going more and more sitting in their little caves at home. And, and I think it's good, uh, even though we don't want to encourage gambling, but I think it's still good to have that social aspect. Uh, uh, I, I kind of um, disagree a little bit with Christian there because in terms of, I don't think it's going to disappear because Christian might, he might do in Sweden because you know, Christian would know better than I, but I think from a British kind of mentality, the way people talk about these events together, I don't think it'll disappear regardless if it's in a shop, you know, one-man band, however you bet. Because I remember when I was in university and we used to sit there because online gambling was still becoming you know, a bit more, wasn't mobile as much as it is today with mobile apps and they started to come out. But I'd sit there, you know, in a cafe having an English breakfast with some of my mates and we'd be reading the paper about, you know, like just tips and things for the football or tips for the horse racing. And we'd be talking together thinking, oh, you know, should we have a bet on this day together? Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But now, you don't have to wait for a paper to be in front of you, right? You can sit there in the same situation in the cafe and you all whip your phones out and you're like, oh, I think this tipster's got, you know, some good tips on, on this side. I mean, there's more options for you to discuss. Mm. So I think it's just going to encourage more of that interaction between people discussing because at the end of the day, there's two gamblers, there's two types. There's ones that love to talk with their friends about, you know, socially gambling. And there's ones that just like, you know, to, to have a flutter by themselves and, and don't really, you know, talk about it. And 
the ones that are social just you know you enjoy having a laugh with your mates and saying oh i had this great bet today i need this team to come in i'll get this money etc blah 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 and it's the same as well for big events i mean the grand national massive event in the uk mm. and even remember as a kid people would and people do it in offices now people still do it today you'd all have you know it's like there's a lot of horses in the Grand National. There's a lot of horses, <laughs> so people would come around and you like pick horse, pick an horse out of a hat, yeah. and that's your horse because you put oh, yeah. like a quid in the pot, and whoever wins wins the pot. Or you know, as a kid, my my uncle would come to me like, which which horse are you gonna do you want me to back for you? you know, in Grand National, this real horse, and you pick it, and you're like, oh, you know, this this horse right here. I just like the name. You know, it's that's what people do. Some people back the name. Yeah, totally, it is. Yeah, yeah, and it creates that excitement and that community spirit. So I don't think we're ever gonna lose that regardless. Um, but it'll just evolve in a different way. Okay, so just moving on, how do you think responsible gaming uh, and gambling, sorry, has influenced or was influenced by the betting industry? We can kind of see it now because Christian doesn't watch a lot of football, but I do. And um, the way you can see it is in the advertisements. So now, because a lot of the football is in the UK and Spain and Germany, and they're starting to step away from showing a lot of uh, sports betting advertisements and things in the adverts. I yeah. think that rule comes in in a few years, uh, but they're trying to, but they're doing more responsible gambling friendly adverts where it says, you know, gamble responsibly, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah, so the loads. companies are taking it upon themselves yep. to, to display that. And it depends on the market as well because if you watch a sporting event in Sweden compared to the UK, for example, the UK adverts are like, you know, gamble responsibly, blah, 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 and there won't be a lot of casino adverts. When you watch a sports event, from a Swedish feed, uh, feed is literally like casino every five minutes, like bam, bam, bam. Sponsored by, face. presented by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in the UK, don't get me wrong, they are sponsorships and stuff like that, but it's more subtle and they say you gamble away or anything. But in Sweden, it's like bam, bam, bam. Here's another, here's another, here's another. And you're like, which one am I going to bet with today? Um, so I yeah. think it's, again, it's a culture clash and it's not just Sweden, you know, it's different in Spain, it's different in Germany, it's different in South Africa. It, it depends where you are. Yeah. But it's a cultural thing as well because the UK are taking a more firm stance these days with uh, casino betting, which is you know totally right. You know, make people safe, etc., etc. All the other markets are going to eventually follow that trend, I reckon. But again, yeah. it's a cultural thing. So if you ban gambling everywhere, I tell you for a fact, people will gamble regardless yeah. of what you say. Yeah, they will. In the UK, for instance, in the nineties, uh, I was born in ninety-two. I'd go to the dog track as mentioned as a family event. You know, you, you know, you got the dogs and the horse, and you go to a horse track. And I could literally go up to the counter myself as a six-year-old and bet, because no one cared at the time. It wasn't mm. in the public perception because gambling's been a part of culture f for such a long time in the UK that it's just accepted. Now it's getting a bit more social aware, and if you know, with technology and the internet, perception changes, of course. Yeah, but back so in that other. time, mm. no one cared. So it has to evolve over the times. Yeah. And it's doing, and it's happening that in the UK. But some countries, for instance, in in the rest of the world, are in that same period the UK was in my childhood. Yeah. So it just depends where you are. Yeah. But you'll never take gambling away because if I could do that as a six-year-old and no one cared, it's it's clearly ingrained into that culture. You're not taking it away. If you ban it, they will go somewhere else. They will find a way to gamble. It'll they will. They'll find a way. Yeah, a hundred percent. They'll find a way. So what are the challenges, guys? you know, to the online betting industry that, you know, from, from your opinion, what you see right now and potentially into the future as well? Well, there's many angles to that, uh, especially um, there's so many um, sites coming up now for online betting. I would say that the, one of the biggest um, risks is that the, the ones that are not serious. So I, that's why myself or, or when we ever look at odds, we always go to the big serious sites. 
Um, otherwise, I don't see any, you know, obviously we have the, the, the current situation with the world now. We cannot have uh, people watching the games, which doesn't give the same feeling for the players, I think, and mm -hmm. the same excitement. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think online betting will um, still prevail. Um, we, we had a, you know, when, when this whole virus thing just hit, everybody thought that, you know, all the gaming companies going to crash or no, there's nothing left. But as we saw, they, they actually did very quite good. They, they, they handled the situation very well. They moved forward. So I, I don't see there's any risk to the online betting industry, except for making sure that everybody is is protected as Philips. We don't want any more Philips six-year-olds uh, going betting. <laughs> it, 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 it depends as well, because as I said, you know, I used to work in a betting shop uh, when I was in university. So I could work out odds few infractions now. Not a problem. I don't know why Christian and the Swedish people all use decimals. I just think that's laser. Use fractions, man. Fractions are the way forward. But I think that's a British mentality. Again, we gamble in fractions. Um, and I could translate that. I could tell you, I could work out odds for you anytime. I could, you know, fivefold for all the fractions. Not a problem. And I've seen people gamble face to face. So I've dealt with people who are angry when they're upset and they're losing. For me, the online protection needs to be there. And of course, when anyone came in that I thought was under 18, I'm IDing them because, you know, that's the law. But you can't go too extreme because I've dealt with these people face to face. If you force them on the ground, they will go on the ground. They will bet with each other on an event because it's part of what they want to do. They enjoy doing it. So why would you take someone away from someone who's enjoying it responsibly? If you do that, you're going to annoy a lot of people. And then all the protections you did have in place are gone because they'll yeah. go somewhere else where they don't exist. find somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So yeah. for me, it's about protection, yes, but not going overboard. And it's going with the trend. People like that face-to-face -face interaction, so I don't think the betting shops will fully disappear. I think on a race course or, or a track or something, they will still be around because people enjoy that and they enjoy having that beating the bucket experience because people used to laugh in my face when they won money, like I cared. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've won this £2,000. And I'm like, here you go, here's your money. And he's like, oh, you bet you didn't think I was taking that. And I'm sat there and I'm like, to be honest with you, in my head, I'm like, I don't care. I just work here. <laughs> I'm just part of the furniture to be honest mate you, you want a coffee I'll get you a coffee um, and, but as well even in the in the, even in the betting shops the social thing is a massive thing people would sit there and they talk to each other they talk to me all day you know we'd have a chat we'd have a laugh and you'd have regular customers because people want that regular interaction as well so that's why I don't think shops will fully disappear in the next 10 to 15 years I think in 20 to 30 years they will be gone because that generation who enjoys that interaction may be gone yeah but I think as well, the online community thing will never stop because I said, you can just take your phone out and you can sit there and see mate going, oh, look at this bet I've gone today. It's really good, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I follow that bet, I follow that bet. And there's me going proper max saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I feel like, yeah, it's not going to change. It's not going to change drastically. The community aspect is still going to be there. People are still going to bet regardless of what any government ever does. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Listen. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always. Thanks very much as always for taking the time out your busy schedules to, to jump on. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you next time, guys. All right. Thanks, Emil. Thanks Brilliant. very much. Thank you, Matt. Nice Take bye care. Bye, 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 guys. Bye, bye, bye.